0: It is Kale & Company Live right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, and we are celebrating New Hampshire Authors Week on WKXL in partnership with the New Hampshire Writers Project. And many thanks going out to Macherie Chappelle for her work and putting it together. And we also want to thank our primary sponsor on this show, Northeast Delta Dental. And uh, joining us today is David Maloney. David, welcome. Great to have you along with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. It is our pleasure. And uh, David worked in the Hillsborough County Department of Corrections from uh, 2007 through 2011. He received a B.A. in English and Creative Writing from UMass Lowell. He now teaches at Southern New Hampshire University. He lives in New Hampshire with his family. And his book is... Barker House. And how, how do you say it, David? I say Barker House. So, yeah. <laughs> he is. You can tell he is from Massachusetts. <laughs> no, no doubt about that. Nothing wrong with that. I am too. Now, David, great, great to have you with us. How did you get from the New Hampshire Department of uh, Corrections uh, to a published author?
1: Well, so uh, I kind of always wanted to be a writer, uh, and so I, I went after high school. I went to a little high school, and then. Uh, right after I went to Salem State uh, to pursue an English degree, and I always wanted to be a high school English teacher and a, and a poet at the time. And um, and I didn't do well. Uh, I failed out <laughs> after three semesters. I was young. Uh, I wasn't ready for college, um, first-generation college. And so um, I worked odd jobs for a long time. Uh, I worked at Tewksbury Mental Hospital as a mental health counselor. And then I found myself working at the jail. And so even when I was at the jail, I always had a notebook with me where I'd write down details, you know, if someone looked a certain way or um, a phrase that I thought was really cool. And so I was always writing things down, but I never took it seriously. Um, My father was a postal worker and union steward. And so when I got a union job, he basically said, you know, well, now you're all set you know you're good 20 year retirement you can retire at 42 and do something do something else um and so i thought that was going to be me um but 5 years into working at the jail i realized that was not me i know no no and i had a sergeant one day say to me you know get out of here don't do this don't do what i'm doing he was almost 30 years in and uh and i did i quit with no backup plan we had just Bought a house, I I got married. We bought a house, and my wife was pregnant. And I quit my job, and I went back to school to to be a writer. Uh, it was a big risk. Um, my dad almost didn't believe me that I was going to school. Uh, he thought I just quit and was doing nothing. Um, he thought it was the worst mistake I could have made. Uh, but you know, I sort of had that you know mid twenties idea of like, okay, I, I can't, I don't want to do this forever. And so I went back to school and that's sort of, I had some mentors that told me, you know, keep doing this and one, whenever a writing teacher heard I worked at the jail, they said, you have to write about the jail. And I didn't want to, I was writing, you know, sort of domestic fiction and family drama. And they said, no, no, you have to write about the jail. There's not many jail guards that can write. And I agreed with them, so.
0: Ah, and that's what, uh Barker House is all about
1: yes so Barker House is it's a fictional county jail Uh, it's based off of Hills it's Valley Street Jail in in Manchester New Hampshire where I worked yeah and so if anyone did their homework and they looked at the largest county in New Hampshire which I call Barker House in the book they would know it's it's Valley Street
0: yeah you're not calling it that but uh, it is yes in essence yeah yeah very good so uh, now you went on to teach uh, for a while at at UMass Lowell yes and now you're at uh, Southern New Hampshire University
1: yes so I um I'm a professor there I teach creative writing and I am the coordinator of the creative writing program on campus and it's sort of rare to have um, a degree in creative writing typically it's a degree in English and then you know you concentrate in creative writing but we, you know, we have a really robust program, and UMass Lowell had the same, and that's what I majored in when I went to UMass Lowell. So it, it's great to have a concentration in in fiction.
0: So, uh, at what point in your life uh, did it hit you? I know you were working in the jail and you were uh, taking notes, but uh, when did it hit you that you really wanted to get serious about uh, being an author? It, well, it didn't really
1: hit me until my. Uh, my second year at UMass Lowell, I um, I really thought I'll, I'll get an, a degree and I'll teach high school as, you know, to get a steady paycheck and then I'll write on the side. Career writers are kind of gone. Um, and so I had a class with Andre DeBuse, who is from Haverhill. He wrote House of Santa Fog, Townie, and, uh, you know, Opus Book Club. And I wrote my first piece for Workshop and I emailed him the night before and, I said, pull it, don't workshop me. I'm the worst writer ever. And he said, No, no, let's <laughs> let's see what everyone says. And uh and you know, he he sort of gave me a boost, you know, he he told me, you know, you ha you have something here. You know, you're not teaching high school English. You need to you need to be a writer first. And so that you know, my ego, that's all that that's all I needed, right? <laughs> Someone to tell me that I was good at yeah. it. And, uh, and I was a non-traditional student. I went back to school at 27. Yeah. And so, a lot of the students in the class, 19, 20, 21, the students I have now. And uh, so, it made me feel good for someone like Andre DeBuce to, to say, you know, you're, you're a writer. And that, that must have given you a tremendous boost yes. at, at the time. And then that was it. From there, it, my main focus
0: was, was writing. Now, uh, some of the characters in this book I've not had the opportunity to read it yet, but some of the characters uh, based on uh, the experiences that that you had in while working in, in the prison system?
1: Yeah, most of them are um, mo- almost all of the characters are a piece of me, and most fiction writers will tell you that. Um, you know you still even my female characters are, are me um, and but a lot of the experiences i I took. And then I I just fictionalized them. Mm-hmm. I still had a lot of respect for the people I worked with and worked closely with, and I didn't want this to be a tell-all book. Right, right, yeah. And and so I respected them, and you know I changed a lot. I I morphed people into you know five people into one character, uh, and so. Um, but when I f- when I first started writing the book, uh, in my master's program, I had. A mentor would tell me this book is boring, and I was like, What do you mean it's boring? All this stuff happened, I saw it happen, and she said, Yeah, it happened to you, but I don't know, you know, it's not coming across right now. You're just changing the names and the setting, that doesn't make it interesting. You have to, you know, turn up the volume a little bit, uh-huh. and so that helped me a lot. So, you know, someone I have a character who, um his wife leaves, just takes off, and he has a son who's 15, and uh, because of her leaving, he, sa- he starts having seizures, and so that, the, the real story was the, the father and son were left alone, and they did start sharing a bed together because the son was so traumatized by the mom leaving, but they added the seizure part. You know, him having yeah.
0: seizures, that turned up the volume a yeah. bit. Yeah, oh, exactly, exactly. So that was obvious. obviously good advice. You took it, and uh, you ran with it. So I know you have uh, a few segments that you uh, want to read from your book. Do you want to uh, uh, read the first one for us right now? Sure. So people can get uh, even a better feel for Barker House or Barker House. Oh, well, hold on. I'll tell you what. That's a tease, because we, we have to take a quick break. So... Right after the break, we will have uh, David Maloney read uh, the first of uh, three segments that he's going to read today from uh, his book, uh, Barker House, published by? Bloomsbury. Very good. And available where?
1: Um, Amazon, local bookstores, uh, Gibson's, and, um,
0: and yeah. Very good. David Maloney is with us. And uh, we will be right back. This is a New Hampshire Authors Week on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, in partnership with the New Hampshire Writers Project, nhwritersproject.org. And we also want to thank our primary sponsor of the program, which is Northeast Delta Dental. We will be right back here Kaylin and Company on WKXL, Welcome back, Kale & Company, right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Great to have you along with us as part of New Hampshire Authors Week. And uh, we have found out this week that there are a number of terrific authors in the state of New Hampshire, and we're going to have to uh, do this again uh, down the road in partnership with the New Hampshire Writers Project. And uh, special thanks going out to Ma Cherie Chappelle, who has uh, put together our week of uh, terrific guests on the program. And we also want to thank our primary sponsor of the show, which is Northeast Delta Dental. And our author today is David Maloney. David, a uh, native of uh, Massachusetts, as you might have been able to tell during the first segment uh, of, of the program, and the book is a Barker House that uh, he has written, and David right now is going to uh, read us a segment from the book. So, Dave, when you're ready, go ahead. Yes. So this
1: is from um, a chapter slash story because this is a novel in stories. So each chapter is its own short story, but when you read it all together, um, it tells a uh, there's a linear narrative structure. Uh, so. Um, this is the end of, of a story called First Shifters. And um, one of the, uh, the first shifters has committed suicide. And um, the way the jail deals with trauma, suicide, death, is they decide to have a sporting event in honor of that person. So this is a whiffle ball classic uh, for Knudsen. And they're doing it in the, in the jail's uh, gym uh, during First Shift. We dressed in sweatpants and white t-shirts. All first shifters were there, the librarians and nuns even joined in. Dixon had made the teams himself and we had rules and got real serious about it. O'Brien insisted he pitch. I never would have known he had a wicked knuckler. He sat us down for the first three innings in order and we shagged pop-ups that sometimes got lost in the bright gym lights. Cartel hit a ball so hard it cracked and sputtered in the air traveled across the large gym, and smacked off the Knutson Classic banner Dixon had made and strung the length of across the back wall. Cartel ran the bases, and everyone yelled. The whole jail seemed to yell. I lined the ball down to first, where Sister May was positioned. The ball hit her in the gut, and she doubled over like she'd been shot. I dropped the bat but didn't run, Afterward, O'Brien told me it knocked the wind out of her. They were afraid she wouldn't catch her breath. A real heart stopper, he said. But we'd missed all that. Cartel and Greenlee had been tugging at my neck, and we used the laughter and commotion to hide the big fat tears in our
0: eyes. I like it already. You have nuns playing baseball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, there you go. And uh, that uh, was read by David Maloney, the author of uh, Barker House. And we're going to hear a couple of more segments uh, before we uh, wrap it up here today on uh, New Hampshire Authors Week. Now, uh, tell us a little bit about your writing process, Dave. Do you uh, have everything plotted out ahead of time or it uh, as the story unfolds?
1: Yeah, I'm an anti-plotter. Uh, <laughs> so... Um, I, I know how to tell a story. I don't know how to plot a story and so in in my in my writer's brain, I see it unfolding as it comes. so most of the time I sit down to a blank page and I don't even know uh, what I'm going to write I, I always start character first or setting and uh, and then I sort of I learn about the characters. Um, I'm one of those weird writers where characters speak to me. I dream about my characters. Really?
0: Yeah. 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 I've heard that from authors before. Yeah. Yeah. They sort of
1: worm their way into my brain, and you know, I'm walking the dog, and it's all I can think about. And so I do a lot of writing in my head. Uh, You know, I'm taking a shower. That's the best. I always find my the ends of stories when I'm showering. For some reason, it's something. um, You know, it's the quiet. I have kids, so I need to get away. Uh, So it's my quiet time, but. Yeah, so I, I don't plot anything. Um, once I sort of get to the middle of a story or um, a novel, I, I start to see the ending unfold. Um, but one of the things I, I even tell my students is you don't wanna know the ending when you start because then everything you're writing is writing towards the end. And so you're forcing plot points in and, and that's when people can see the author there. Uh, the the best writing is when uh, readers forget they're reading. You know, they enter yeah. that
0: dreamlike state. And uh, so I don't plot at all. You Don't plot at all. You you just uh, create as you go along. Yes. Yeah. And that and that's what I'm I'm hearing from uh, most of the authors that uh, we have uh, talked with uh, this week. Now, uh, do you set aside a, a certain amount of time every day to to uh, work on your craft?
1: No. No. <laughs> I am you not an everyday writer um and so i i have to steal my time Uh and you know uh i'm not also i i find that i write between 500 and a thousand words and after a thousand words i start to get lazy and so i usually cap myself each writing session at about a thousand and then i stop and i sort of let that marinate for a day or two but i typically only write about two or three days a week Sometimes I'll go two weeks without writing, and it's sort of I'm like that, I'm writing in my head. I'm writing when I'm driving. Yeah. It's just, I can, I, I like to visualize the story and sort of understand what I'm trying to do. You know, the subconscious always s- sneaks in, you know, and, and I don't even know what the themes are, symbolism, but, yeah. anything.
0: Well, that is, uh, that. that's something that, uh, you know, we, we've heard some authors do it in, in different ways, but again, uh, get, like getting up early in the morning and writing then, but uh, you you do it when the spirit moves. Yeah. yeah. My best time to
1: write is between noon and one when I've had enough coffee to wake <laughs> up. I don't know how people write at five in the morning or at 10 at night. <laughs> the, my brain is gone by then.
0: So noon to one is the prime time uh, for you. Uh, now you say you you cap yourself at a, at about a thousand words a day, give or take. How many words is there in in that particular novel that that you wrote, Barker House?
1: So it's about it's seventy two thousand words. I wrote uh, ninety thousand and we cut you know about 18 uh, through the editing process. so, uh, a typical, you know, novel is between 60 and 100,000. Some genres go over, you, you know, fantasy novels are, are longer. This is a, a literary novel. So between 60, 50, 60, 50, 60 100,000, anything over that. I, f- I don't like big books at all. You know, um, if I pick up a 400-page book, I I feel it, it's daunting. You know, I like books that yeah. are... Three hundred pages
0: and out. There, there you go. There you go. So this one is is under three hundred. Yeah, it's and, about
1: two seventy.
0: Two seventy. Okay. So and about seventy two thousand words. Yes. Very good. And that's that's the way you like it. So uh, and, and when you were growing up in, in your youth in in Lowell, Massachusetts, uh, were you a, a voracious reader?
1: no i didn't read until my 20s (laughs) um really i read i read a lot of hardy boys yeah and and, you know in middle school
0: well those are classics
1: yeah Yeah, (laughs) but then i i started to care more about baseball and girls and then i stopped i stopped reading as much um and it wasn't until um i was working overnights at tuxbury state hospital and someone that worked the day shift left the book laying around and it was Jonathan Franzen's, uh The Corrections and I said, well, I'm bored. It's three in the morning. I might as well read and I just, and it started to click. I, I I started to fall in love with reading again but I went, you know, a good 10 years avoiding books.
0: Well, and now you're writing them. Yes. Yeah, and uh, you you have a second one uh, coming up. Yep, so,
1: um, I I wrote a book, um, a short story collection, that's called The River is a Man, and it's all based around uh, the Merrimack River and the way different people interact with the river. And so, um, you know, the, the river itself and the Merrimack Valley is also a character, not just setting. And I grew up right along the Merrimack, off of the Boulevard. And so a lot of my childhood was, you know, fishing, jumping in the river, Going to the bowling alley, uh, jumping off the work Bridge when we weren't supposed to. So, I always thought. I I think the Merrimack Valley is is very unique. Um, As you can probably hear in my accent, um, you know, people that are just, you know, five miles away from the river don't have the accent I have. It's very. It's a very. It's always been something I wanted to write about. And so, uh, and so, I worked on that for the last two years while this book's been out.
0: So, so did the uh, canaligator uh, make it into your novel? Actually, um, yes. Um, what? Well, so there's
1: a, <laughs> there's a woman that lives in the Lawrence Mills. Um, she's she's a uh, recluse poet, and uh, she watches the UMass Lowell kids, you know, do the college. Thing they play hacky sack and frisbee in the green, yeah. and uh, and the canaligator at night comes out and greets the kids. And so, from her window, she sees the world moving, but but she doesn't she doesn't
0: leave her apartment. The the canaligator, for those who, who don't know, was the uh, longtime mascot of the Lowell Spinners. And uh, very famous in Lowell. Probably the, the most famous character in Lowell. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, the spinners are no longer there, but the Canaligator still exists, right? Yeah, and <laughs> even even Dogman
1: from the spinners. Sure, I know uh, Dog Man. He made yeah. it into the book, too.
0: Oh, wow. Man, that is terrific. Uh, David Maloney is uh, with us, and uh, David worked for a while with the Hillsborough County Department of uh, Corrections at the Valley Street Jail, and his book is called Barker House. And uh, David is going to read a couple more segments for us in the the time ahead here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. It is Authors Week in partnership with the New Hampshire Writers Project. And we also want to thank our primary sponsor of the show, which is Northeast Delta Dental. And we will be right back. Welcome back. It is Kale and Company right here on WKXL, streaming around the world and around the clock at nhtalkradio.com. It is New Hampshire Authors Week on WKXL in partnership with the New Hampshire Writers Project, and you can find out more about them at nhwritersproject.org. And we also want to express our thanks to the primary sponsor of this program, which is Northeast Delta Dental. David Maloney is with us, a native of Lowell, Massachusetts, one of the great cities in uh, in Massachusetts, without a doubt. And uh, Dave, at one time, uh, worked in the Department of Corrections uh, here in the state of New Hampshire, now is teaching, and uh, you're the head of the creative writing uh, department at uh, Southern New Hampshire University. So uh, that is terrific. Thanks. Yeah, and, uh, and he didn't read very much as a kid, either. No. And, and he's made it. I At, wish I read a, more. As a as a professor, <laughs> <laughs> anyone can do it. I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, I well, yes, with the right attitude and the right perseverance. That's right. So David is going to uh, read us another segment of his novel called Barker House, and uh, it it is based on uh, some of his real life experiences. So uh, go ahead, David. Set it up for us. Okay. So this
1: is from the chapter titled uh, Zole. champion, and it's a nod to uh, the video game Skyrim, if there's any video game players there. I always said I was gonna get Skyrim into a story and I pulled it off, Um, but I brought this up earlier. This is a character who um, his wife just up and left, and um, it's just him and his 15-year-old son, and he started having seizures when she left, and he couldn't be an officer anymore because it was um, a risk, so they made him uh, the cook in the basement. And so this is a a segment from that. I had seizures in my sleep. After Sandy left, Joey started sleeping in my bed. He said he hadn't seen me have a seizure, but I wasn't sure how he hadn't. I'd wake up and my body would be right up against his. At 14, he was almost as tall as me, but if I blanketed his body, I'd smother him. I'd crush him. It wasn't safe what we were doing. We slept like there was a wall between us or another body. We'd never talked about it, but I knew he didn't want to find himself snuggled up against his father. But he couldn't be alone, not yet. In the dark of the bedroom, I'd awoken once damp and stiff, my muscles aching, a small pool of blood on the pillow. And when I touched my wet face, the blood was up into my ear. I wondered if my brain had finally found a way out spilled onto the pillow. I turned and saw Sandy. She was asleep. I wanted to whisper in her ear to stay, explain to her that the universe had turned on me. We joked long ago, life has no meaning. This is all so silly. And we laughed. It was too easy the way it all fit in. Then later in that other life, she said, happiness isn't real. I hated her then for being so concise.
0: And that is from Barker House by uh, David Maloney, and in that case, a a first-time author. Now he's uh, written another book. And uh, and so do you plan on... uh, We had a gentleman uh, in here that was turning out uh, a book a year. Do you plan on doing something along those lines?
1: Uh, No way.
0: No way. No. (laughs) Um,
1: No, and... I think my life right now, it's, um, you know, Raymond Carver said something similar, who's a great short story writer and a big influence of mine, that his when he was teaching and he had a family and kids, the short story was all the only form he could work in where he could give his energy. A novel is a a big undertaking. Oh, yeah. And so, um, you know, if I can work six weeks on a short story and then another six weeks uh, revising it, I'm happy with that, so it, no, I'm, it's gonna be three, four, five years between books, just.
0: What do you uh, enjoy most about it?
1: Um, it's it's hard because a lot of writers don't enjoy writing, and I think they'll tell you that, and so I enjoy, you know, sometimes I um, I don't believe in writer's block, I believe in writer's avoidance, and so you're avoiding the page, you're not really blocked, And so I enjoy the moments where I sit down and write and remember, oh, I'm kind of good at this, right? You get that sort of, you know, there's sometimes where I'll spend a week not writing and I think, you know, I'm never going to write again. I'm the worst writer. And then when you actually do it and take the time to work at it. And so uh, that excites me when when I actually get back to the page and I realize I, I can do this and I should be doing this more.
0: What is the uh, the toughest criticism that you've had to endure a- as a writer? Um, toughest criticism. Uh, I've been told my stuff
1: is too dark. Um, you know, I've read two, two sections, one about suicide and one about seizures and, and a wife leaving the husband. So um, I had one. Um, we sent this book out to uh, independent bookstores before it came out to get some early uh, reviews. And a woman said she needed to take a bath after she read the book, and I thought, <laughs> well, that's not my intention, but i do you know it's about a jail, and it's about difficult difficult things and and so um I do write dark things and um but I'm just trying to explore the the human condition and 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 that's sort of yeah, you know, I'm an Irish Catholic. It's it's hard not to, to right. go dark. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, you know what they say in the news business. You know, if it bleeds, it leads. Yeah. You know, so. <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, that is uh, so that that was the biggest criticism that it was too dark. But a lot of people liked it that way. Yeah, it was kind of my goal. Yeah, a lot of people <laughs> love it that way. So, what about on the other hand, the, the most praise that you have ever received? Um,
1: well, so it, if you see the book or buy the book on the front cover is a blurb from Elizabeth Strout and, um, and you know two time Pulitzer winning writer and also uh, New England from Maine and uh, to have her read my book and give praise and then say you know you can use this um, it, it floored me I never thought reading you know all of Kitteridge and my name is Lucy Barton and you know I never thought Elizabeth Strout would be on the front cover of my book and so uh that to this day I don't think anyone's ever going to beat that. But uh, how did you uh, get her to read it? So uh af- after I graduated from UMass Lowell, Andre Dabous and I became friends and so, you know, um we'd go off for drinks, talk writing, life. Uh he's he's my mentor to this day and um and we were talking one night and You know, I was trying, it's hard to ask people for blurbs. If you don't know what a blurb is, that's sort of when you turn over a book and look at the back cover, those are the words of of praise from authors. And uh, a lot of times the author has to get those. And it's tough to cold email someone you've never met and say, here's my book, read it, and then give me praise, right? And so I was having trouble asking writers. I just, I was guarded. I didn't want to do that. It felt dirty. and andre said well let me give it to liz strout i said really uh he was doing a reading with her in uh, newburyport so um i said if you think she'll read it sure and then two days later i got an email with from her with with the praise and and so a lot of um the publishing industry is connections and a ton of luck and i feel like that was a you know a chance night we got a few drinks and then next thing you know elizabeth me yeah. in my book so
0: that that is really something yeah so so you would have to say that andre is probably uh the one person more responsible than anyone for what you're doing right now
1: yes he's still the biggest influence for me yeah. um he's also he he blurred my book uh and you know i look up to him as a as a fellow you know merrimack valley uh writer and we come from similar upbringings you know um lower middle class uh sort of you know writing came later in his life writing came later in my life we sort of had to work through um you know the the anger of the male early 20s sort of the world is against me kind of idea um and and find you know find your place and so he talked me off a lot of ledges See. while writing this book
0: figuratively yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not literally right no, <laughs> no. <laughs> let's let's hope not anyway no. our guest is uh, david maloney and uh david if you're just joining us uh worked for a number of years for the hillsborough county department of corrections uh valley street jail uh in manchester and uh uh, this, I, as you pointed out, is kind of uh, kind of based on on that experience. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so you'll be able to relate to that, and uh, I, I'm sure that uh, uh, you, you had some nightmares as a result of some of the things that you saw going on uh, in, in that facility.
1: Yeah, and a lot of people said, you know, writing this book would be cathartic, and it wasn't. I had kind of put it behind me and so that i I guess i i didn't want to write about it because i didn't want to talk about these experiences again um you know going back into some of the difficult things so you know looking at my old notes from my training academy which i hated and um you know i'm not a i'm not a military guy and the academy was paramilitary so i didn't enjoy it
0: well now he is a published author david maloney a native of Lowell, Massachusetts, now living with his family uh, in New Hampshire. And uh, what does your family entail? How many how many kids do you have? I have a son, Calvin, who's eight, and my daughter, May, who's 11.
1: So we have two, and that's it. Terrific.
0: <laughs> terrific. I, I have grandchildren exactly that age. So how about that? Uh, a grandson that's 11 and a granddaughter that's eight. Oh, that's great. That, that is terrific. It's New Hampshire Authors Week here on WKXL NHTalkRadio.com in partnership with the New Hampshire Writers Project. And we also want to thank our primary sponsor, Northeast Delta Dental. They have individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. Learn more and find your plan at DeltaDentalCoversMe.com. One more segment coming up with David Maloney, and he will read another portion of his book, which is entitled... Barker House and uh, and based on his experiences in the uh, correction system uh, here in the state of New Hampshire. Well, take a break. Kale & Company continues right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Stay with us. Welcome back. It is Cale and Company live here on WKXL, NHTalkRadio.com, as we celebrate New Hampshire Authors Week, and a great week it has been on WKXL, NHTalkRadio.com, in partnership with the New Hampshire Writers Project, and you can find out more about them at NHWritersProject.org. And again, our sincere thanks to uh, Macheree Chappelle, who has... uh, put us in touch with these authors this week and it has been a tremendous week for us and uh, we hope to do it again in the not too distant future and also we want to thank our primary sponsor here on Kale and Company which is Northeast Delta Dental and uh, David how did you get involved with the New Hampshire Writers Project?
1: So I work on campus at Southern New Hampshire University and uh, right across, um, the street from my building is, uh, where the New Hampshire Writers Project, they, they have a house on campus. And, uh, and so, you know, during COVID, we kind of lost contact with them. And so, um, myself and Masha are rebuilding, um, the relationship with campus and, and the Writers Project. So we're working on internships and, um, and we just did the 603 Writers uh, Conference on campus, and there's stuff coming in the fall. So um, a lot of what the Writers Project does is, um, is on Southern New Hampshire's campus.
0: Yes, very good, and uh, certainly a great organization, and uh, I'm sure has uh, been a, a source of uh, uh, you know, help for you. Yeah, yes. I'm, yep.
1: I'm really impressed with what Marjorie is doing and and um, the connections she's building with um, with you guys and NHPR
0: and HPR um, and it's really exciting what's happening. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. She has done a a terrific job, and uh, David has written the book, Barker House, and uh, David was uh, maybe. Uh, uh, a late bloomer, as far as his uh, writing is concerned. But what, what would you? Uh, what would the advice be that you would give to a first-time writer, first-time author?
1: Uh, read, read, read as as much as you can. Read out of your comfort zone. So if even if you're a romance writer, um, stop reading romance for a little bit. Um, so a lot of uh, what I learned about writing was from African literature, Eastern literature um south american lit so i i was sort of that uh when i started reading it was the 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 white drunks hemingway faulkner Mm -hmm. Kerouac, and that was my bread and butter but then i just started writing like hemingway Kerouac, and faulkner and that's you know no one wants you know i was just imitating them so reading outside of my comfort zone uh, allowed me to um to be a better writer I think uh, Jack Kerouac was from Lowell, wasn't yes. he? Yeah. Yeah, I my the house I I just moved out of uh, was two streets from where he grew up, so.
0: Wow. Yeah. And so for someone who had admittedly uh didn't read a whole lot when you were young, you certainly uh caught up with it uh in in recent years
1: yeah it was a lot of catching up but it it that just shows that uh it's never too late to start you know some people you see the under 30 lists and under 40 lists yeah. but a lot of writers don't even start until they retire in in their 50s and 60s so um i guess there's no no late bloomers in the in the publishing industry
0: the book that uh, David has written is called Barker House, and uh, based on uh, some of his experiences working for uh, the Hillsborough County Department of Corrections here in uh, New Hampshire, and he has already read uh, two portions of the book, and uh, and now uh, David is going to read a third. So uh, set it up for us, if you would.
1: Okay, so there's uh, nine different character narrators in this book, which is which was a lot to juggle. Um, but I wanted to show it's just it takes place in just one year at the at the facility, and um, they're all in different um, stages of their career. So there's rookie officers, there's some that are just being promoted, um, and so this is an officer who is about to retire. He's very jaded, and he had recently come back from an injury where an inmate had attacked him and, and slit his neck, and so he has a very he has a different way of thinking about the the jail so um it sounds a
0: little dark to me david yeah well
1: <laughs> here here we, it, okay. the, the chapter is called to the slaughter so <laughs> um this is tony he looks around his unit avoiding the book that's just getting good he thinks at night with all the steel and the ceiling lights off The darkness lit at eye level by yellow emergency lights only triggered during blackouts or manually by him after lights out. The unit looks like a slaughterhouse, a perfect place to end a life. The chipped paint and stains on the walls between doors look like scars from hacking tools. Years of old sweat have lacquered the metal beds. Cell floors are glossed with urine scabs and dead skin are embedded in green mattresses all of which give the unit the decadence of decay old shed animal matter he hates to think of it this way a veiled abattoir but at midnight without faces in the door windows the bodies under the wool coverlets could be the bodies of any mammal the snores could be the snores of fat resting pigs
0: and that is from Barker House, written by David Maloney. It's M O L O N E Y, as opposed to the traditional M A. No one spells it right. No, <laughs> no yeah. one spells my last name right either. So, <laughs> uh, so, so we're in the same boat as far as uh, that is concerned. Uh, what you know, your your book obviously is written on true life experiences, and, and uh, your next one is as well. Would would you ever? Uh, go away from that and write about things that you have, have not experienced? Um, yes. So,
1: um, you know, the book I, I just talked about, The River is a Man, that's with um, my agent now. Um, I'm working on a new one that's called Dad Genes, um, kind of like Mom Jeans but Dad Jeans. And uh, a lot of what I explore in my fiction is father-son relationships. Um, I'm fascinated by, you know... Um, um, that and so um, the the new one I'm working on is just about um, fathers and sons and parenthood. Um, me being a parent and sort of the you know the nuances and the way you have to change according to, to your children and uh, and and so I'm exploring, you know. Um, you know what it's like to be a father i know that's that's n- nothing new but i just finished a story from a father in his 50s i'm in my 30s and so what's it like when you when your child grows up and leaves but then comes back to you um that kind of idea
0: very good looking forward to that one uh as well and uh, david maloney uh again the the book that's out there is uh, barker house and uh, available at gibson's
1: Yep, and any any bookstores, um, any online retailers, and Bloomsbury dot uh, com um, has the book as well.
0: What was your path uh, to first getting published? Because I know it's it's not an easy thing to do. It's not. Uh, after I graduated
1: from my undergrad, I went straight into a master of fine arts program at Southern New Hampshire University. And that's a low-residency program, so uh, it's for um, mostly adults, working adults, people who can't do a master's program five days a week, you know, at BU and Boston, you know. Right. And so um, and so, I was doing that, and I was writing this book, and I had a mentor, uh, Tony moody, and uh, he kind of said, hey, man, you got it, here's... You know, an agent that you should send the book to. And so I had to query agents where you, you know, you send a summary of your book and you tell them what's about and they decide if they want to work with you. And uh, so once I landed an agent, we spent another year working on the book, my agent and I, making it into what it is now. It was just a collection. We found a way to make it more cohesive as a novel. Um, and then she um, went out to publishers, and that was about. A year and a half process of after finishing the book actually finding a publisher. And after finishing a publisher, it wasn't until two more years to hit the shelf. So the publishing world it works slowly. Yeah. Uh, so people think they finish their book, it's be on the shelf next week. Mm. Uh, that's that's not the case. Not
0: hardly. Huh? Uh, unless you're Stephen King or. Oh, well, yeah, and, John Grisham or uh, Nora uh, Roberts. It, yeah, or Jack Kerouac. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, David, you are a, a delight. And uh, again, the the book that's out there right now is Barker House, but more to come. The River is a Man will be will be next. Yes. From uh, David Maloney, and, and thanks so much for being with us today. We really appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much, and thanks for doing this. And again, thank you, the New Hampshire Writers Project. Um, you can find them online, and uh, there's all kinds of events, uh, writing conferences, uh, workshops. So check them out.
0: NHWritersProject.org is the website. And uh, thanks to uh, Ma Cherie Chappelle for all she has done in uh, putting this week together right here on WKXL and NHTalkRadio.com. And we also want to thank our primary sponsor, Northeast Delta Dental. So thanks for joining us today. And uh, if you missed any of our interview today with uh, David Maloney or if you just want to uh, hear the show again, And and who wouldn't want to hear David's (laughs) Boston accent? Uh, Let me ask you that. Uh, You can hear it right after uh, 7 o'clock tonight, right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Thanks very much for joining us.